Hey everyone, welcome to JoJo's World. It's been a while. It's been a while because I had the novel coronavirus. Ugh, and disgusting. Some people will tell you the novelty's worn off, but uh, to me it was new. And to me, it was terrible. <laughs> I didn't did, enjoy it. Did you have any fun while you had the novel coronavirus? Well, I mean, I did get a week off work. Which <laughs> I played a lot of video games, I watched some black books. You, I was not having a good time. Do you remember any of what actually happened in that Bit time? Bit of a blur. Yeah. I remember that um, the uh, Galian Empire started to work on the uh, Ruby Weapon Project and I had to stop that. Ooh. I played in- a lot of Final Fantasy XIV while I was sick. I was literally about to ask, was that in Black Books or was <laughs> that like... Uh, yeah, uh, I know that I'm really brave to say this, but, uh, I don't like Coronavirus 19. Why don't you like, <laughs> why don't you like COVID-19? I'm of course Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I think Valentine, the other one of the co-hosts. This is Jojo's World, our Jojo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast, where today <laughs> we are recapping and discussing the 16th episode of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, Stone Ocean. That's, of course, the 168th episode of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure as a whole. Oh my God, we've, we've done so many. We've done so many. We've, it's not we've until... done 167 of them to date. It's not until one of us gets COVID that you realise, fuck, we've done a lot we've of episodes. We've wasted our lives. <laughs> well, I didn't say that. <laughs> and it covers chapters 655 through 659 of the Jojo's Bizarre Adventure manga. That's quite a few. Mm. Actually, that's not correct. What do you mean that's not correct? What are you talking about? It starts at the last page of six hundred and fifty of uh of uh six hundred and fifty four. Yeah. And it goes into six hundred and sixty, but not the full chapter, only the first fourteen pages of it. Are you questioning? I'm not questioning anything, I'm Telling you how it is. No, but are you questioning? I'm, <laughs> I'm questioning the wiki right now. <laughs> how can I trust this source if it's not even giving me the right? Nick, that's six chapters. That's more than usual. That's more. That's than almost any. twice as many as usual. That's literally more than any number of chapters we've ever covered. <laughs> this episode is going to be like two hours long. Jojo's Bizarre Adventure is a non-renewable resource, and this episode is churning through it. <laughs> By the end of like. I don't know, this week we're going to run out of JoJo's content. Yeah, we've reached peak JoJo. Forget about cheap JoJo, baby, it's gone. Cheap JoJo? Is that like part five? Is the cheap JoJo? We're in that sweet golden age. Are you calling Jorno cheap? Well, I mean, fucking uh, anti-Italian scumbag. Look, I'm not saying that I don't like Jorno, but his clothing choices are a bit naff. They're a bit tacky, you know? Um, that's all I got. You're listening to the roast of Giorno Giovanna. <laughs> Do you like the mafia? No. <laughs> well, fuck that guy. That's it. Now, Giorno, your motivations are so opaque that I'm still not sure what you want, <laughs> even though you tell us direct to camera multiple times. So he... Hang on. Let's see. I can't really remember what he was into, but I do remember he was against the kids having drugs. He wants to be a gangster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ooh, that's aged well. And he achieved it. He, he got all of his friends killed, except for Mr. and Trish. Yep. One, and also he got Polnareff killed. But no, Polnareff's alive. He's just in a tortoise's yeah, body. Yeah, Polnareff's body is dead. Oh yeah, Polnareff's actual body is fucked. And 90% of the appeal of Polnareff was in that bot. Oh man, those were, the, those were the years. Those were the days. The days in 1988 specifically when... Four to five to six men, depending on if you count the dog, took a journey (laughs) across the world to kill a vampire and then kind of forgot to check in on the woman they were trying to save afterwards. Wait, who were the... Oh, Holly! (laughs) We never saw what happened to Holly. Hey, speaking of never seeing, did you know that we have a new patron? I don't believe that. We do! We actually do. I looked at it not more than a couple weeks ago. (laughs) And I was like, what the fuck? That's going to be an error. Hello, Patreon? Um, can you just fix everything for us? Yes. Hang on, fine. So, we do actually legitimately have a new patron. Like, we actually... I believe you, Nick. We have a new one. Like, a singular new one. That's right. That's growth. I'm not lying. We've got a growth mindset here, and we're employing Agile with Scrum methodology to achieve it. Oh, God, I hate it. I hate it The worst person I ever worked for kept talking about how they were trained in Agile and Scrum methodology, and I was like, yeah, but you're terrible with people. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, yeah, but I just need to churn out my social skills every week, you know? 
I've got a sprint of social life. Don't know what that means, and I don't want to. Good. Because, speaking of a man that sprints, our new patron. Usain Bolt! (laughs) No, it's not Usain Bolt! It's... Kathy Freeman. Lieutenant Skell. Lieutenant Skell. Lieutenant Skell. I'm saluting the lieutenant. You actually are saluting. I don't know why you're saluting a lieutenant. Could be lieutenant. Oh shit, it could be lieutenant. Oh no. Oh no, I didn't check. Lieutenant? Gosh, that's what it's like when the people moved out of the property that I lease, but they left one of their roommates behind. Wait, what? Lieutenant? Did they just leave him there and he was like, Hello, I'd like to go home now. Yes. Nice. Nice. This is the best we can come up with, Lieutenant. We're a, we're a comedy podcast. The listeners, the listeners I think we're in demand. the TV and film category. Oh, no. <laughs> what have we become? Well, we're journalists. <laughs> Thank you, Lieutenant Skell. If that Skell sounds like what's those green guys from Marvel? Oh, I was going to say a Skeksis from the Dark Crystal, but uh, a Skrull, I think, is what you're a thinking scroll. of. A Skrull, Cinnamon Skrull. Ah, uh, Lieutenant Skrull. I see you've morphed again. I'm just a wee Cinnamon Skrull. <laughs> oh no, I'm just a tiny little Cinnamon Skrull. I'm pretending to be Squirrel Girl. Sure, yeah, that's a character. Yeah, okay. The most powerful character in the Marvel Universe. Confirmed. As masterfully portrayed in the unbeatable Squirrel Girl comics by Ryan North. Portrayed? Depicted? Yeah, that's the one you want. That's the one you want. I've got COVID brain. You're not allowed to be mean to me. Well, I... And you all have to like this episode, too. (laughs) Don't antagonise our microphone. (laughs) Thank you, Lieutenant Scale. You beautiful, strange, green-skinned man. Nick? Yes. Episode 16 of Stone Ocean. That's me. Yes. The secret of Guard Westwood. What's his secret? Still don't really know, (laughs) but that's the name of the episode. All we know is he has a first name. What's his secret? Maybe it's Maybelline. I swear to God, if we don't get sued for that line. Why would we? Because Maybelline listens to every episode that we make. They're very litigious. (laughs) You're not even allowed to refer to them. Look. Maybe it's Maybelline. Maybe it's legal action. What did you think about this episode, Nick? I liked it. It's mostly a fight. And it's very weird. It's a bizarre episode. I I looked over to you at some point when we were watching this and literally said, this is about as strange as the episode with the raining frogs. It's a good episode. It is a good episode. But it's also very bizarre. Nick, shut up. Okay. (laughs) I'll just accept it now. I just can't hear myself think. (laughs) Jojo Wiki is advertising Chainsaw Man to me. Ugh. Get out of the way. I'm going to say it right now. There's been a lot of discourse in our Discord. There's been a lot of Discord in our Discord about Chainsaw Man recently. And I have not been paying attention because I'm too busy filling up the chat with my Final Fantasy <laughs> playthrough. Look, I'm going to go on an extremely hot take here. I didn't like Jujutsu Kaisen that much. Don't know what that is. And I don't really like the Chainsaw Man anime that much. Is this going to be the new Nick doesn't like Chase? No, because Chainsaw Man's actually good. I just don't like the anime very much. Okay. It's like So there's this man and he's a chainsaw? So the idea is that the first episode is like he... I think it's like his dad died and he was in leagues with some Yakuza motherfuckers who were like, uh, well, you've got to pay off the debt. So then he becomes the new debtor or, or new, um, what do you call it? Guarantor of the debt. Okay, yeah. But because he's like nine years old, he can't do anything. So then uh, they're like, hey, go like hunt some demons for us. <laughs> sure, as the Yakuza want to do. Yep. It's, where do the chainsaws come in? So one day after like 10 years, he's a fucking teenager. He's like 17, 18 or something. Um, he's going to hunt some big fucking demon with his chainsaw dog. That's also a little devil. Where did he get that from? Uh... I think it approached him when it was injured when he was a kid and then they bonded because okay. he was like... I believe oh. it. Um, but the thing is, he bonded with the dog for so long with a chainsaw here that he was like using it to kill people with. When he died, because the devil is massive... The devil do be massive. The devil dog was like, I'm going to live on through you now. So then he drank his blood, I, comes I back to life. Widened my eyes. Wait, the kid... The kid comes back okay. to life, and then he has a little ripcord here in his chest. Like a chainsaw. And he rips it, and then chainsaws come out of him. He truly like... is a chainsaw man. Yeah, and now he just kills demons uh, in this organization that's like, well, hello there. You've got chainsaws for arms. We can use you. Go on then. And it's very, very similar to Jujutsu Kaisen, but better. But I don't really like 
the anime that much. It's a pretty hot take. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say it's weird pacing. I don't like it. Okay, I'm probably not gonna watch it. I would watch it just to be like me. Yeah, it's pretty good. If you, if you were me, you would watch it. Yeah, because you'd be all like, oh shit, that's pretty rad. But also, it's just like, <laughs> all right, yeah. Hang on, take that again. I coughed. But it, overall, it's just like, yeah. Okay, but what if I wanted to watch Gundam The Witch from Mercury instead? Well, I mean, that's just going to be quality content. <laughs> you know, you get your Utena vibes, you get massive mechs, you don't get the weird slice of life elements that just intersperse most anime now. That you know of. Oh, I mean, no. you haven't watched it, have you? Look, I can make opinions on things I've never done or seen. Um, I'm going to be honest, I'm probably not going to watch this show. Yeah, I mean, it... it nah. The show I am going to watch, though, is JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. And if you recall, I did tell you to shut up. That is true. Because I want to share... <laughs> Get some, back in the hole. Some words of wisdom from our man, Hirohiko Araki. Well, now, it's been a few weeks since we last took looked at an author's note, and the last one did end on, on a 2B continued. Yeah. So I'm just going to quickly burst through that one again. Okay. Uh, cell phones. It looks like practically everyone owns one these days. Personally, I don't own any. Don't go th thinking about that it's about entertaining a difference between me and my fellow man. It's mm. simply that I don't need one. Firstly, my work always makes it so that I'm always stuck in the studio. Secondly, I don't want people to be able to call me anywhere and whenever they feel like it. Police sign. Above all, it's, uh, if it, oh, sorry. I don't want anyone to be able to call me anywhere and whenever they feel like it, above all, if it's to tell me banalities. I'll admit that it would certainly be useful to inform someone with whom I have a meeting that I'll be late, though, to be continued. Is this actually Araki remembering that he had a part one? Yeah, to be continued now. Oh my god. This is... the What? What kind of person am I to not need cell phones in our period? <laughs> Do you, do you reckon his editor just he's came just, in and was he's like... He's got his hand on the mirror and he's just <laughs> staring at himself. What kind of person am I to not need cell phones in our period? Silent Hill 2 style gets his hand, wipes it over his face and he's like... Or Metal Gear Solid 5 style. <laughs> wiping the ash of uh, former uh, artistic assistants Ooh. over his face. He had to kill them because of the brain parasite. Mm, same. I must acknowledge that it's very handy in case I'm late. Certainly if the person who's waiting for me has a cell phone, I can inform them on the way from a public booth. On the other hand, when that person is late, they have no way to contact me. Which allows me, who cannot wait for more than 15 minutes, to go peacefully home anyway. <laughs> Just... Someone's running like 20 minutes late and yeah. they're like, Araki... oh no, I'm 16 minutes late, Araki's gonna be leaving. <laughs> exactly. It's like, as soon as it reaches 15, he's like, well, fuck this. <laughs> Just leaves. Sees them in the distance, but it's too late and I'm on the way home. Oh my God. Anyway, it's the late person who's bothered the most. Which would mean that people like me who don't own cell phones are selfish. I hope you're not angry at me, right? Is he, is he making a face in the image? He's kind of, he kind of looks a bit cheeky. He is making a face. He's, he's kind like, of like, hmm? Mm. I hope you're not angry at me, right? Right, you're not. You're not Ain't I a little stinker? I've just got shooey boy stuck in my head. That fucking Auntie Donna thing. Oh, it's been a while. It's the one where Mark's all like, I'm a shooey boy. Oh, silly boy. Yeah. Silly boy. Yeah, shooey boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Good episodes of the recent podcast, Auntie Donna. Jesus Christ. Anyway. Anyway. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. The secret of Guard Westwood. If you recall, we left off with... Uh, Guard Westwood, whose uh -huh. name we learned this episode, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, does it does it ever actually said out loud? No. Okay. Uh, this is why I was like, how do we know that's his name? Under the influence of the aggravating stand survivor, mm. opening all of the cells in the maximum security house unit and declaring it's fight club time. <laughs> See, when you say it like that, it sounds far more normal than it is. <laughs> He does as such, uh, and a bunch, as I said last time, a bunch of Batman villains all come out and they're like, oh yeah, look at all these friggin' stand users here. We have the full rogues gallery, woman with shirt somewhat open and military camouflage bra on, or bikini, I don't know. Then we have Guy who has faux mohawk, but actually still multiple mohawks. If only there was some sort of portmanteau for faux mohawk. Uh... Fake hair. Dark mofo. Dark mofo. Hi, my name is Dark mofo. Oh, this is going places. I don't like it. Sorry. Um, because of Survivor, Westwood, who talks about it the most, but everyone can see each other's strongest and weakest body parts, and they glow and shine beautifully, brilliantly. Westwood goes in this big rant, like, "I've always found you fuckers irritating, and now I'm gonna fucking murder you all." 
Jolene makes the amateur mistake of walking outside her cell and touching the water. Yep, she gets exact and she's like, I've got to find the bone and I'll kill anyone who gets in my way. Wait, kill? She yeah, has, kill. She has a moment of reflection that's like, wait, am I going to kill someone? I can't believe That doesn't believe seem I'm, like a thing I would say. I'm not contemplating murder, or am I? And yet I feel so willing to kill. Hmm, yes. what's going on there? Am I compromised by an enemy stand? Oh, here comes Guard Westwood. <laughs> and he's bearing down on her big katakana. Lots of, like, space rays in his charge. Real, like, I'm gonna get you. Yeah. Uh, she strikes a fighting pose and is like, oh, he wants to do to me what he did to the other prison guard, which I believe was, like, rip him in half. <laughs> <laughs> what did happen to the other prison guard? Well, uh, Westwood put him in some sort of leg lock and then whatever happened to him was off screen and we never saw his body. Right, okay. <laughs> so I can only assume he was bisected. Like smeared across the walls. <laughs> And Jolene's like, I can't become the walls. Jolene's like, aha, but I've got a stand, so I can I can club with this guy. But instead of a- attacking her directly, he leaps onto the stone cell frame behind her, does a Prince of Persia wall run, and flips out of sight. Then when Jolene uh, lets her stand go, he flips back into sight and kicks her in the back. <gasps> the, but the classic! She does her own air flip <laughs> and then attacks with from uh, her rope from the air. It's just, you know, those classic martial arts films. Mm -hmm. Intense fight, Cory. But he's uh, pretty unfazed by being tied up, punches her in the gut real good, and talks about how he can see her strong, beautiful muscles. They've all got vats mode going for the whole <laughs> fight, right? They're just like, I can see that his leg must be damaged. Yeah. I have an 82% chance of hitting it. Pretty much, right? But, but the head is way better damaged. <laughs> but if I, can, uh, if I can break his arm, he might drop his weapon. There's so many choices. Uh, but I've taken the perk. That means if I destroy a part, I've got increased chance of... Gore? Uh, Was that it? Increased chance of blowing that body part off. And because of the way the AI in this game work, if you blow someone's leg off, they just die. Wait, what? I'm pretty sure. Was that a thing? I think so. I thought some of them still crawl towards you. Um, oh, well, I know what I do remember is in the Dead Money DLC, mm. there were those uh, gas mask men who you could only kill by dismembering them. The gas mask men. Do you mean the NCR? No, they were like zombies. Wait, what? They were like in the gas of the Dead Money Casino. Oh, oh my, I, I retract my sarcastic sentiment. Thank you very much. You could only kill them by blowing off a body part. Huh. Otherwise, they'll keep getting back up. Right. Uh, but if you had the perk that just blows off bits, it was pretty easy. You just took my took my big revolver in and was yeah. like pow pow pow. And then suddenly three body parts just mm -hmm. gone. Fallout New Vegas by the maker of Pentiment out now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty good. You talking about New Vegas or Pentiment? Uh, both. Okay. And Westwood can see her stand strands as well. <gasps> mm, strands. That's interesting. A rope that connects things. Not like a stick that hurts things. Mm, deep. Hideo Kojima's Death Strand. <laughs> so, weirdly, or I guess evolutionary... Um, okay. I was, I was Reserving judgment until I hear what stupid bullshit you're well, about to say. I was commenting that, like, it started off with Jolene having, like, a single thread that she could control pretty poorly up until a certain distance. And now it's just fucking rope. Like, all the threads just becoming rope. And I'm like, damn, she's she's learning. I mean, you are right, but it is also odd that you're making this observation now, now. after she's already learnt to form those threads into a humanoid punch robot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right, fair enough. But still, it's like, it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, she's learning. She's growing. And she did some more tricks in previous episodes too. Like, remember in the fight with Sports Max, how she sent out, like, whole grids of... Of mm. uh, ghost de detecting, sorry, invisible corpse detecting true, uh, true. webs. I mean, yeah. Yeah, okay, so she's done some shit. <laughs> she's got versatility with her string powers. Yeah. Like a certain Spider-Man. Ooh. Is this why Spider-Man is such a famed dude? Because we're like, oh, but there's a lot we can do with strands and string and webs. He's all like, pachoo. No, I think he's um, popular because of his personality and design. Mm. He's like a Spider-Man. Yeah. Mm. He is. That's smart, Nick. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you know, I've got these many hot You should takes. work for the Daily Bugle. I would rather shoot everyone <laughs> with a camera. Ah. Yeah, yeah. In terms of a photographer shooting someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the sense I would work for them, shooting them. 
Mm. And you get the best shots of a certain Spider-Man, but no one would know how you'd always get these angles. Mm. It's always as though you were in impossible locations. And you were. You're not Spider-Man, you're just really good at photography. <laughs> hey, how did you get that? Drones. Ah. Mm. Anyway. They're all struck by how each other's muscles are shining and they're beautiful and like they can exert so much force because he's been powered up by evil stand energy. But... I can see that the leg that I just attacked is turning black, so I have done some damage. Some deep damage. Damage confirmed. That's my favourite video game. Deep damage? Deep damage. Tell me about deep damage, Nick. It's like Devil Daggers, um, where you're just running around and you're just like either shooting stuff with your weird pointy Are either of these real? I'll let you decide. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to go home later and Google. I am home. Shit, you are. (laughs) Oh my God. You're going to leave the booth. The hypothetical... <laughs> the the high, highly professional <laughs> recording booth that we use here at JoJo's World Studios. Which is a small side table and, like, some pillows. Actually, a pillow. Now I was remembering play. fondly uh, yesterday the era of recording in various cupboards in my apartments. Mm. Those were good cupboards, though. Yes. Fair. Mm. Not fun in the summer, though. No. But then what is? The beach. Don't, don't say that. The beach can fuck right off. Meanwhile, so, uh, okay, um, this is something that I don't love about this episode, but I think it's fair enough. Okay. Um, meanwhile, in the background, two random prisoners start punching each other, and it's like, ah, oh, the whole fight is breaking off. When I read this in the manga, I really got much more of a dynamic, like, lots of people are brawling in the background feel, mm. and I know it's probably not feasible to animate that to a high degree, mm. but we, we do basically just see, like, shadowy silhouettes in the background of, like, two people standing next to each other immobile for the rest of the episode, and I would have mm. would have loved a bit more of a background brawl going on. You would have liked the full chaos that comes with the water making everyone release their anger yeah. all at once. You want everyone in this room to be going nuts all at once. Full battle royale style. Mm. King of the ring. Uh uh what's another battle royale? Quick. Um Squid Game. Not really. Uh, uh Higher Unknown's Battleground. Yeah, that's Guard a, Westwood's Battleground. That's a good one. Or or like uh uh what's another battle uh, like Saw. Saw franchise. Maximum security house unit night. Yeah, or like, um, uh, what's another battle royale that exists in this universe? Uh, uh, Hellraiser. When you say in this universe, do you mean our universe that we live in? Yes. (laughs) Uh, H.P. Lovecraft's Call of the Mountain. King. King of the Mountain. Call of the Mountain King. Call of the Mountain King. Seven days. <laughs> I looked out and saw the thing. It was really big. The thing from the thing? Yeah, that's or, a good battle royale. Or the thing from the Adams family. That's also a good battle royale. Anyway. Anyway. So there's not enough background dudes fighting for you. Like, I get why it's like it is, because, that, you know, you're not getting a lot out of that. But we've already designed everyone. it would everyone. be prohibitively expensive. Yeah. But it would be fun to be like, here's multiple fights with parallels. Yeah. But we couldn't do that. Alas. Why would we ever do that? God, Westwood is punching again. (gasps) Jolene parries. She's like, I gotta incapacitate him and go get that bone. I want that bone. To be fair, He goes to do a... So he becomes huge. (laughs) His fists are as big as her head. Well, he's already huge. He he got super buff, remember? And he's going to punch both sides of her face at the same time. Much... Not unlike... Uh, a certain man <laughs> named Dyer's famous Thundercross split attack that never worked and got him killed. So I'm just curious, is this going to work? No. <laughs> never do two punches at once. Say what you will about Araki, he has one point of consistency, which is if you use more than one fist at the same time to punch someone, it's not, it's not going to go well. Jolene wraps a thread around his throat mm-hmm. and then around both of his hands. Uh, in such a way that if he kept extending his arms, he would have essentially garroted himself. Ah, that makes sense. It immobilizes him momentarily, but connects them. She kicks him in the um, face repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Chun-Li style. Yeah. yeah. And then does like sort of a back elbow fist and knocks him away. And then out of fucking nowhere, her arm kind of explodes. Yeah. Uh, a giant gash is just like... Appears in both out. her and her stand stone free. And she's like, what? 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 what happened? How did he hit me? And then and she sees a disc coming out of his head because this boy's a stand user. What? That must be the secret of Guard Westwood. He's got a CD in his head. Ah, oh, but does that make him a stand user? Yep. Oh. That's, that's what it does. Oh, okay. That's literally the thing it does. But I was just thinking he just has a normal CD in his uh, head. Yeah. 
Bon Jovi's crush. <laughs> Why specifically Bon Jovi's crush? That's what came to me. Oh, okay. I can respect that. We get some shots of the other prisoners. And now we get our first meaningful shots of the maximum security house unit's beautiful skylight that it has for some reason. <laughs> it's maximum security. They can't reach up there. <laughs> Nothing can. Maximum security. I just feel like if you wanted it to be maximum security, you would have a solid ceiling, you know? Yeah, but why would... Uh, but it, uh, uh, maximum security. Wait, don't all prisons have glass ceilings? Yeah, the prison that is society and the glass ceiling is uh, what keeps uh, Most female the... mobility in the workplace. Uh, and all minorities down. Nick, I want you to expand mm. on all prisons have glass ceilings. Um, so, in my head, the rationale for that was that if you wanted to have, like, less electrical costs in a prison, because no one cares about prisons, right, you would just have glass ceilings. Because then all the light comes in during the day, you wouldn't have to turn on the lights. Yeah, I doubt it. But, like, maybe, right? Maybe? Possibly? Especially in a maximum security prison, where glass ceilings would be very easy to smash. Yes. Yeah. So you just have it at the tippy top bit. And like, it's not even about like getting them their vitamin D because we've already shown they have no concern for these people's welfare. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, this dude's literally beating down a prisoner for no uh, reason. Yeah, I mean, he is compromised by a brain stand and a brain CD. But, but we don't know that. <laughs> yeah, we, we do. We can't see But stands. we already know he was a cunt before that. That's true, he was. The greatest. That, that's it, that's all. The I greatest. The, he was the greatest of fuckwits. Jolene's like, he hasn't hidden a razor blade anywhere, and that wouldn't be able to cut that deep anyway. And if he had a power-type stand, I would have seen it by now. Mm. Mm. Indeed. Power-type stands do tend to manifest themselves, very obviously. Yeah, and from this point on, his stand starts to physically manifest itself. <laughs> uh, but he's like, F-E-4-0-3-6. Did I get that right? 40536. Oh, come on. You use threads to attack. I can see them because I'm also a stand user and it's your strongest power. Ha <laughs> ha Right? So, so, <laughs> so then Jolene's like, what the fuck is he doing? And a nice little touch here. Jolene uses her thread to once again stitch up her wound from uh, the mysterious uh, wound that just dealt to, dealt that to just her. That just magically appeared yeah. out of nowhere. Um, and we do see for basically the rest of the episode, whenever there's a shot of that arm, the thread is visible, which is a nice touch. Hmm. Wait, is it? Yeah. Right now? I mean, not in this shot, because you can't see the wound. Oh, okay. But, like, you can't... Like, it's an audio medium. You can't just ask questions about the screenshot I have up without describing it. But I wanna. <laughs> so this is another weird thing, is that Jolene does a lot of stances in this episode. It's JoJo's, Nick. Of course she does a lot I of know, stances. I know, but, like, like, when did Jolene learn this martial arts? You are fucking Ray Skywalkering Jolene here <laughs> for doing poses in JoJo. I need to know, Liam. Wait, who's Ray Skywalker? From Star Wars. What? Ray Skywalker? Oh yeah, her name is Ray. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> you were thinking like Ray Romano, weren't you? No, I was thinking like someone made it and their name was Ray. And what? I was like, you mean like Ryan? Did you think that Ryan Johnson George was Lucas? <laughs> no, like Ryan Johnson. I was like, do you mean? It's called Skywalker Ranch because the guy who owns it is named... his last name's Skywalker and he named the guy in his movie after himself. He's George Skywalker. <laughs> That does sound like a thing I would do, actually. What's his name? Nick, uh, Sun Hot. Well, I'm not going to say that about your son. Oh, okay. Hmm. <laughs> Creep. <laughs> they do some more fighting, like kick and punch each other's faces. Jolene kind of has the upper hand, gets a glimpse of his stand, which is just a, a big orange frog guy. Who has the, the most ridiculous mouth. He's got those, he looks a bit like Echoes Act 3, but red. Yeah, kind of, yeah. He's got that weird metallic thing yeah. in the middle, like a, like a fake mobile. Which is to say he looks like Freezer's final form. But yes, red. yes, but more like Cell. Yeah, mm. he's got those um, big bug eyes. eyes. Yeah, he's got, he's got the lips, he's got the eyes, he's got the fake mohawk. He's got it all going on. Oh, man. Another big uh, Jolene, uh, another big Westwood attack. Jolene strikes yet another stance and lets a single thread drop down in front of her. And she's like, I have to remain calm. And she does like a fucking cool Bruce Lee, like use the tension of the thread, uh, which is uh, under her foot on the floor mm. and coming from her hand to redirect his punch. See, that doesn't require any power to block. Yeah, Spike Spiegel told us you've got to be like water. What does that mean? You go, you flow, and you use, you redirect the force of your opponent's strike. Ah, Aikido style. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, that's a thing. Aikido? 
I, it is a thing. I don't really know much about it. Well, the, I think the whole point of it is that you literally use someone else's momentum against them. It's also what Sam Porter Bridges does <gasps> in Death Stranding when you get out the strand to defend against Malay attacks. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I never knew that. I thought it was just Kojima being like, CQC. Well, it's that too. <laughs> yeah, but like, it would just be Kojima being like, I invented an entirely new fighting style based on strands. Nah. That's all. <laughs> Strings don't require power to defend. A punch's straight trajectory can easily be changed by throwing it off just a little. Um, I'm just thinking through how this works because if I'm punching you and you're holding a strand, wouldn't it just be in the middle of my fist? You don't do it head on. You do it from the side. Mm. And you just whoop? Yeah. Right, okay. Could you not just use it's your like hands? how when, back when we did high school karate, Nick, you wouldn't just put your hand yeah, in the way of their like... other fist. You would, let you would when you were doing a re redirect, you would sort of hit their wrist roughly where a watch would be. Yeah. yeah. I got punched a lot in that <laughs> one time I attended. They were like, so in order to deflect, you just do this. And I was like, I don't want to slap them. That's very aggressive. All right. So Jolene's like, with the power of this string, I can redirect all of your movement. And then doesn't really do it for the rest of the fight. <laughs> but um, she does a cool maneuver here. Like probably like top, top five Jolene combat maneuvers so far. Mm -hmm. Where she's wrapped up both of his hands and she's got um, string coming out of one hand and held in the other. Mm -hmm. So she's got like a, kind of a, a loop uh, with him handcuffed in the middle. Completely and utterly restrained. Yep. And she shimmies her big coat over her shoulders and down over his head thereby controlling his body with it ah. and then just fucking unleashes on him. So now uh, she's won. That's it. Yeah. She punches, him, she punches him in the face sufficiently hard to leave a massive dent in his head. I think you mean uh, a massive gaping maw. Yeah. Because that's, that's a lot of damage. And she's like, now I'm going to finish the job. But then her fucking leg explodes like her arm did before. What? And Stone Free and her roll around on the floor in pain. And she's like, what's happening to me? But she did the winning move. How did that happen? And yeah, like all the winning victory Jolene music cuts off. And he's like, I've got you now. I, I can't believe it. We won. But now she hasn't won. Oh no. What's going on? A reversal of fortune. No. He puts her in a headlock. It's like, six chapters. What, how long is this fight going to go for? <laughs> he puts her in a headlock. Uh, I do appreciate, like, so, you know, I don't love, like, extensive, like... Fight sequences? Extensive fight sequences where not much is really happening of consequence. Like, mm. you know, I can appreciate some good fight curry from time to time. Yeah. Um, but I like, you know, every exchange in this, in this fight. Like, Jolene's getting some good hits in, but ultimately every time she tries to get the winning blow, she randomly explodes for some reason. Yeah. So, like, they're building a sense of frustration there that Jolene would feel as well. I like the idea of it's like, Jolene's getting frustrated, and also I'm getting frustrated. Well, no, she, I mean, it's, it's deliberate, right? She's trying yeah. good tricks. She's doing cool things that would normally win a JoJo fight, but there's something that she hasn't quite grokked yet yeah. that is ruining it's, her day. It's the intellectual level that makes you go, oh, but something else is going on. Where's the logical application of thought Jolene. Something that doesn't quite work for me here, though, is he's got her in this headlock. Yeah. Uh, and he, she tries to punch him in the head with her stand stone free. Yeah. Uh, but because he's got her in the headlock and is pressing down her right shoulder, her stand, which normally has a range of a couple of metres, can't yeah. reach him. Yeah, because he's pushing down on her left shoulder. So, so her arm is tired. You know what I mean? Yeah, because her mental capacity's in her arm. Even though her stand could just stand there and probably kick him in the jaw. Yeah, 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 but... but... He's, he's locked in the left shoulder, Liam. Like, it's fine. It just it doesn't feel entirely justified. Yeah. Um, and it's a bit of a weird one. Yeah. But he's got her in the headlock and he's like, the only weakness which I'm telling you about right now is that you can grab my balls. And she immediately is like, oh my God, I can grab his balls. Quick, go for the balls. He does take a moment to be needlessly horny for a bit and be like, in other circumstances, I wouldn't mind that. And she's like, in this circumstance, I'm sure he would mind that. But I can defend against that too, he says. By which he means... He can throw his like lower body away and slam her into the ground even further. The weirdest translation so far. I can even block that. Proceeds to dodge it. And like b body slam her. <laughs> it's just weird. Jolene looks up at the beautiful skylight and sees what appears to be two sort of bullet hole shaped holes in it. And she immediately is like, oh my, oh god, my god, I know what the stand is. It's frogs. It's all frogs. <laughs> Fucking poisonous frogs have come back for me again. Bullet speed frogs. So... She really clocks in very quickly and is like, I need to get the fuck out of this headlock because I know what's coming for me. Oh, God. So she uses her string, shoves it through his eardrum and out of his eyes. Pulls down on his entire his head. his face. And he's all like, 
What the fuck is this? This guy's doing pretty well in the rest of the fight for having a burst eardrum. That like throws That's off true. your balance and everything, yeah. doesn't it? But then again, he's fueled by anger. That's true. He's got he's got the juice of two stands in him at the moment. <laughs> he uh he has the power of uh just a lot of bullshit anger. Yep. This is all I've got. He's just really angry. He's hulking out. He hates prisoners. He does. Why does he work in a prison? Well, prisoners are scum and it irritates him that they're there. So he works there. And they look down on him. So he looks down on them. She's like, it's coming. I can see it. Oh no. I have to get out of here. And then narrator, cut away. Meteorites fall from space. For most of them. So you're starting too close to home, Nick. Oh no. The universe is full of countless space rocks and debris. Mm. Many such rocks are drawn in by the gravitational pull of Earth. Mm. While the majority disintegrate before reaching the surface, what if the meteorites could retain optimal angle and speed while entering the atmosphere? I kind of miss part two narrator at this point, who would be like, meteorite uh, for, um, velocity of... Uh, oh, with like the tiny little stat up yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're just like, <gasps> how fast What do you measure go? velocity in, Nick? Uh, uh, meters per second. Yeah, meteorite velocity of like, you know, 500 meters per second. <laughs> Temperature of uh, 60 degrees Celsius. Width, seven centimeters. And you're like, oh my God, a seven centimeter, 600 meters per second velocity, 60 degrees Celsius. That's so many stats. It's going to kill her. <laughs> and we get the commercial break cutaway with the stats of uh, Viviano Westwood stand. Uh, uh, localized as starlight waves. So, so let's it, get into that now. It looks like he is just a meat man. Yeah, possibly a f- yeah, fire meat man. Like a flesh golem. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he just has meteorites falling behind him as you get an upward shot of him. Legs wide akimbo. Wide akimbo. Wide akimbo. <laughs> He's just like, you like meteorites? Have all the meteorites in the world. <laughs> just looking up the Jojo Vele commentary for the stand Planet Waves. Planet Waves? Planet Waves. What the hell is that a thing for? We'll get to that momentarily. Yeah. At this point, multiple stands show up at the same time. So there's a strong mystery element. Its host is just a walking lump of muscle. For the stand, I thought it would be weird if meteors fell from the sky. That's all. That's it? That's yeah. the whole commentary? <laughs> I thought it would be neat if meteors fell from the sky. <laughs> See, okay. So, you know when you're doing any creative pursuit and... At first, you're like, like, say, a podcast about JoJo's yeah. Adventure. And you kind of have this idea in your head and you're like, how do I make this into a thing? Araki is the ultimate, I didn't really know what the fuck was going to happen next. So I just thought, oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be all right if like, he sees a bug and he's like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if wings could cut people? That'd be neat. Yes. My next chapter is going to be about wings that cut people. And, and the stand is going to be called Wings after the Paul McCartney side project. And he just fucking does it. It's like, Araki, how the fuck do you do this? How do you make such compelling narrative out of, like, I thought it'd be neat if meteorites fell from the sky. I don't recall if we read the Jojo Valley commentary for Survivor last time. So I'm just going to quickly burst through that now. Okay. It crawls along the ground like a jellyfish and approaches you without being detected. Maybe it's because I was writing a prison story, but there's a lot of stands in part six that attack you psychologically. Like ones that make you dream or ones that control your mind. Mmm. There's not really that many so far. (laughs) There's two? Is there? (laughs) Uh, I think there was one that made Jolene hallucinate, maybe? Or maybe that was just steam. What? Well, like, all the air disappeared, and then- Oh, no, because- <laughs> Yeah, that was the air disappearing. Yeah, true. There's one mind one I can think of that hasn't come up yet. Okay. And there's another that lives in the walls. Ooh. Although we don't really know what that one's whole deal is yet, but we know it lives in the walls. Are you talking about Emporio's stand? Yeah. Okay. It lives in the wall. It's all like- bleh. We know its whole deal. Do we? Yeah, it, uh, ghosts of rooms. Oh, no, not Emporio. Um, the one that's going to marry Jolene. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. What's his face? Anasui. Yeah, lives in the walls. I guess so. <laughs> if that's what you need. Yeah, it's all like... And we're like, ooh, it comes out of the walls like Jumanji. Uh, or the things. alien from Alien. <gasps> oh, my God, it's in the vents. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, Planet Waves. What is Planet Waves? Because it sounds really familiar. Is it like it's Planet a Bob Caravan? Dylan album. Oh, God, no. The 14th studio album... Ah, uh, two musicians dozen. Too many, not good. <laughs> By American singer-songwriter Bob Dylan, released oh. in 1974. It is also one of only two Dylan albums not originally released on Columbia Records, but he was allowed to release its rights back to his former label when he re-signed with them. Huh. Okay. Interesting. 
I guess. For Bob Dylan. Never really been much of a big Bob Dylan fan. No, anyone that is tends to give me real like, oh, you know, he's the best vibes, you know? Like real like, yeah, I get it. You love him or you don't really give a crap. Or if you're like me, you have a deep-seated hatred for Expound everything. on that. It's just like, everything he does is like, yeah, I'm philosophical, I get it. But it comes across like Charles Manson style, you know? Where it's like, he gets in your head to the point where you think you're really smart. But it was just him incepting you with like some nonsense that you're like, yeah, yeah, you're right, man. You're right. Yeah, I'm, I knew that as well. And you're like, great. Is this a cult? Is he trying to cultivate a cult? You heard it here first, folks. Bob Dylan is like Charles Manson. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'll st I will stand on this hill and die on it with my Charles... I was about to say my love for Charles Manson. Don't love <laughs> Charles Manson. Not a big fan of Charles Manson. Just skimming the uh, production notes on the Wikipedia page of this album. Not really getting a lot interesting, so let's move on. Classic Bob Dylan having nothing interesting. Vivian Westwood is an English fashion designer and businesswoman largely responsible for bringing modern punk and new wave fashions into the mainstream. What? Punk into mainstream? That doesn't make any sense. Because, like, punk is against mainstream. Yeah, but it became a popular aesthetic aesthetic and music musical trend oh. and was in court was subsumed by capitalism oh god i hate it westwood came to public notice when she made clothes for the boutique that she and malcolm mclaren ran on king's road which became known as sex all caps <laughs> <laughs> okay all right their ability to synthesize clothing and music shaped the 1970s uk punk scene which was do dominated by mclaren's band the sex pistols she viewed punk as a way of seeing if one could put a spoke in the system. Did she? <laughs> Shut up. Just imagine being a fashion designer and it's like, so I wanted to try maybe synthesizing these two things into one. And then someone just arrives and is like, did you? Did you do it? <laughs> just taking it entirely literally. Yeah, exactly. Westwood opened four shops in London and eventually expanded throughout Britain and the world, selling an increasingly varied range of merchandise, some of which promoted her many political causes, oh. such as the campaign for nuclear disarmament, well, climate okay. change, and civil rights groups. Oh, that seems actually kind of okay. Yeah. Political involvement. Yeah. Uh, appeared on the cover of Tatler magazine dressed as Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher. The suit that Westwood wore had been ordered for Thatcher but not yet delivered. The cover, which bore the caption, This woman was once a punk. Was included the, uh, in the Guardian's list of best ever UK magazine covers. Uh, in 2005, she joined forces with the British civil rights group Liberty and launched exclusive limit design t-shirts and baby wear bearing the slogan, I am not a terrorist, please don't arrest me. She was supporting the campaign and defending habeas corpus. And she said, mm -hmm. When I was a schoolgirl, my history teacher, Mr. Scott, began to take classes in civic affairs. The first thing he explained to us was the fundamental rule of law embodied in habeas corpus. He spoke with pride of civilization and democracy. The hatred of arbitrary arrest by Lettres de Cachet of the French monarchy caused the storming of the Bastille. We can only take democracy for granted if we insist on our liberty. Hmm. What the fuck is habeas corpus? I used to know this. Yeah. Um, it's like quite a common thing. Yeah, it's, a, it's like a fundamental legal yeah, principle. Yeah, I know it from Harvey Birdman's uh, opening theme. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> A recourse in law through which a person can report an unlawful detention or imprisonment to a court and request that the court order the custodian of the person, usually a prison official, official to bring the kid prisoner to court to determine whether the detention is lawful. So essentially it's a right of appeal. Right, so if you think that someone has been, been unlawfully, unlawfully detained, then you can be like, hey, habeas corpus, and they'll be like, ah, fuck, you got me. We've got to take him to court. Can you do it more than once? Just a weird, weird question, I know, but can you explain the justice system to me, Liam? I can't. It's been so long since I've done my political science studies. Oh. Wait, did you learn that in political science? Yeah, we go over, like, you know, fundamental principles of democracy and justice and things like that. Oh. I was considering becoming a lawyer at the time as well, so... And then you were like, that's disgusting. <laughs> You saw all those whiskey bottles in the law office and you're like, what a bunch of fuckers. Westwood dedicated one of her collections to Chelsea Manning and at her fashion show, she and all her models wore large image badges of Manning with the word truth under her picture. Who was Chelsea Manning? Uh, formerly um, known by a different name uh, when she uh, released like classified Pentagon documents. Uh, ah. It rings she's also dating Grimes now, if I remember correctly. Wait, what? Uh, what? Chelsea Manning, that is. 
What? Wait, wait, wait. The person who leaked Pentagon documentation... American activist and whistleblower. ...is now dating Grimes. Yeah. What? Which some people speculate is why uh, Elon Musk has gone a bit transphobe recently. Right, I see. Interesting. Hmm. But then again, Elon Musk was always a bit of a fuck. Oh, absolutely a cunt. I mean... Now, just, I think I've used yeah. that word twice this episode, so I do want to clarify, like, it's not a polite word in Australian <laughs> society, but it's not, like, the massive taboo it is in American society mm. for our American <laughs> listeners. I can already imagine about five people being like, I don't enjoy that word <laughs> that they're saying. And we're just like, oh. Oh, mate. We're a bit desensitised <laughs> at this point. Yeah. You're a bit late. And she endorsed Jeremy Corbyn for uh, the 2017 general election. So she's looking pretty good compared to our other fashion designers. Hey, new question. Who's Jeremy Corbyn? Jeremy Corbyn was um, the uh, 2017 Labour candidate for UK Prime Ministership, uh, who was like the most progressive candidate in generations, who was unfortunately defeated. And there's been a lot of reveals since then about like deliberate sabotage by the Mm. more conservative elements of his own party. Right, I see. The media are still obsessed with him, even though that was five years ago. Are they like trying to tear him down even more, Mm. even though he's still lost? Yep. Man, I hate everything. Longtime supporter of Julian Assange, which mm, I'm not. but I I can get on that. I can get on that, on levels. There have been some questions about the sustainability of her clothing. That's the worst thing on her books by the look of it. Huh. What does she make her clothing out of? Human flesh. So accused by Alux magazine of using the green movement as a marketing tool on the basis of certain Westwood fashion accessory lines made in China, found to include PVC, polyester, rayon and viscose, (gasps) all derived from harmful chemicals. Ooh, that is true. They are derived from harmful chemicals. Much in the same way that chlorine is a harmful chemical that we put in pools. You're so smart, Nick. What can I say? (laughs) What can I... Anyone who goes to a pool store can buy harmful chemicals, but you know what I like about... Chlorine. <laughs> it's a uh, corrosive impact on the human skin. Let me tell you, it's corroded my skin more than once. Nick, what is our uh, little used inversion of the wardrobe malfaction title? Um, shall we call it... Because, like, instead of a malfunction, it would be a smooth sailing kind of thing. So, what, uh, what's it's another word wardrobe for... wardrobe pal-faction. Ooh, I like that. Because now they're part of our faction, the pals. Sure, yeah, that's what I was going for. We're creating a new group of uh, activist, progressive... Her uh, son, Derek Westwood, is a photographer of erotica. Okay, maybe let's let's pull that back a bit. <laughs> well, Nick, um, she certainly holds the crown currently for most ethical fashion designer we've featured on JoJo's World so far. <laughs> Unfortunately, no teardown. No teardown on uh, fashion designer. Maybe there are some good ones out there. Uh, well, there appears to be one so far. Yeah, there's one good one so far. We're allowed to have one. <laughs> Look, if we can't have one, what can we have in this Meanwhile, world? Meanwhile, Anasui holds an unnamed guard up to the retina scanner and the screen blinks green permission to let them through the door. Oh. He cl- uses his stand, which pops out of the walls, to climb up out of the sight of cameras. Because it lives there. Yep, it lives in the walls. And then we see two little... Globs. Yeah, like little blobs of stuff. As Foo Fighters just shoots out the camera lenses with globs. And uh, Anasui's like, you know you don't have to do that. And she says, I make and cool the shots around here. So I looked at you and went, oh, because she has a gun. Yeah. She literally makes and... How long do you reckon Araki took to write that line? 20 minutes. He would have looked at it and been like, there's a way I can thread this needle. Because she's literally shooting things so she's calling the sh- but like she's shooting making she's making the shots calling i've got a great idea so foo fighters uh basically says to anasui look we're doing this together i asked for your help but i'm in charge of this operation mm. it's interesting with my foreknowledge because based on their dynamic for the rest of this little adventure anasui very much seems like the one in charge <laughs> <laughs> i guess that's just his personality yeah but you know who makes and calls the shots around here foo fighters exactly so Anasui's going to be all like, yes, sir. And, um, yeah, so Joel, uh, Foo Fighters enters her mind palace and deduces, if Jolene wants the bone, then White Snake's going to want to stop her. And he's going to send at least two assassins after her. No, no at least three. three. There are, of course, four assassins. <laughs> she is applying logic. She effortlessly deduces this for some reason. I even guess she's though, met him. I mean, even though every other time it's been like one, one. <laughs> yeah. she's like, okay. She but this time thing. he's pulling out all the stops. Yeah. 
So there must be at least two. <gasps> no. Three. A trio of assassins. That's impossible. You can't have a trio. You'd have to have a quadruplet. Yeah. Yep, they're all quadruplets. There's just one assassin, but he's a quadruplet. His, his name... <laughs> you, gotta, you know how twins work. What do you mean? There's one assassin. They're from a quadruplet. They're a quadruplet. Oh, right? I see. Yeah, there's there's four of them that were all born... But only one of them's here. Yeah, and the other three aren't assassins. Yeah, they're like accountants. Yeah, one's an accountant. One's like a, a fucking... Movie uh, star. <laughs> one's Chris Pratt. Um, you know... Everyone loves Chris Pratt and they're like, oh, I'm going to be an assassin to outdo him. Anyway, they're like, let's split up and search for assassins. Yeah. Uh, and Adesui's like, yep, great. I'll be back by the time that guard wakes up. And Fufa is just like, no, but we shouldn't split up. I think. Well, Anasui is like, hey, by the way, don't forget I'm going to marry Jolene. And he walks away. And then Fufa is, is like, hey, yeah, so what's your fucking deal? And that's the end of their scene this episode. <laughs> and then we go back to the fight. Yeah, meteorites are, of course, bearing down on Jolene. She has to block the meteorites. She doesn't. She gets hit by them. <gasps> oh, no. And one of them is going to hit Guard Westwood, but it burns up. What? But that's impossible. It was gunning towards him. But that's the power of his stand. <gasps> so if they're going towards him, they're just going to burn up. So the way his power works, in, in essence, is his body is constantly attracting space meteorites. <laughs> constantly. Yep, constantly. <laughs> but they always burn up before they hit him. Whether it's right before him or in space somewhere. Yep. Can you imagine if the reason why meteorites exist hurtling into Earth this guy. It's this not, fucking it's not gravity, guy. it's this guy. Exactly. So when he's buried in the ground. Just a lot of potholes around that grave. And that's why America. When Europe, he's buried in the ground after this episode. <laughs> it's like, that's why America, Europe, Africa, none of them have meteorite uh, craters. It's only in Japan in that Florida. one. It's only in Florida. <laughs> ah, fuck. Um, he puts Jolene in a figure four armbar. A what? And uh, is going to like break her arm or just restrain her until meteorites hit her. So she sends a strand into his shoe, rips off his toenail and is like, I'll rip off all your skin from toe to tip. And he's like, ah, ah, this hurts me. Arnold Schwarzenegger. He loosens his grip. She, she wriggles out and is going to punch the meteorites away into him. She does so, but it Busts up her hands, something awful. Busts mm. up her knucks. Yeah, she basically has no more knuckles. Yep, and they, they still burn away before they hit him because that's how it works. Mm. He... <laughs> right? <laughs> just, no, what came into my head was just, yeah, he cucked her knucks. He did. <laughs> She's been thoroughly knuck cucked <laughs> by Westwood. I don't know why this is so funny to me. It literally makes no sense. Anyway, so... She's been nut cucked um, mm -hmm. by meteors um, <laughs> that, that hurtled into the ground. And now he's like, well, well, well. Can't block flaming balls yeah. of fire, can you? He's basically like, well, well, guess I've got meteor powers. <laughs> and then Jolene's like, yeah, guess you do. Shit. Yeah, this is bad for me. She strikes a fighting pose, but he's like, you're clearly bluffing. Look at your fucking busted nux. up, cucked up knucks. Look, uh, I cucked your knucks hard, okay? Your arms are pitch black and your muscles have lost all of their beautiful shine. So I'm going to just win. kill just There are no cameras in this zone, I guess. Uh, uh what's well, Because otherwise... Though. Why are people letting this happen? Well, I mean, it's maximum security, right? Like, I guess currently Anasui and Foo Fighters have knocked out the guards on the way there. Have the doors shut? Did he, like, pull a lever to let everyone out and all the doors to get out shut? I or? don't know. I don't know. Um, Jolene stops listening to him and looks at a little guy in the corner poking the bone. <gasps> oh my god, it's Guy who was yeah. hiding in There's the a little freak shot. over there and he's poking the bone. I gotta get that bone. And then he picks up the bone and runs away. Yeah. And Jolene's like, I gotta no. get that bone! Jolene tries to take shelter near a thick steel, a thick stone wall, but the stone wall explodes with meteorites, and Westwood is like, there were already meteorites heading towards me. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! I knew where those meteorites were the second I gravitated. He kicks her in the face with his booted foot, uh, and she's like, I won! And then she recites some poetry to herself mentally. So we extensively tried to figure out a source for this line of verse, which I'll read now. Which we often joke about, but we legitimately tried. Yeah. One, she's saying this to herself as blood is streaming from her face from getting kicked in the head super hard. And she's doing like that slow-mo leaning yeah, back yeah. kind of falling through the air thing. One stared at the wall. 
while the other looked up at the stars on the other side of the bars, and then she thinks, which am I? In the beginning, there was an explosion. You didn't quite get that right. No, I didn't, <laughs> okay. but I, I don't even remember what the actual And that explosion is. caused by meteors. Oh, that makes so, sense. So, um, yeah, we did some extensive Googling to try and figure out the source in this. I can only assume it must be a Japanese poem or something like yeah. that, because the only thing I was turning up was a, um, a unrelated uh, Oscar Wilde poem and a quote by Dale Carnegie from, uh, from, letting the source, letting the source. Come on, phone. Our patrons literally pay for us to research this. From Dale Carnegie, How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. When uh, did that come out? I'm just looking that up. 2021. 1944. Okay, which oh is God. much earlier than I expected. Oh, okay. But, uh, but it's not quite the same. It's two men looked out from prison bars. One saw the mud, the other saw stars. Mm. Similar principle, but different, yeah. different multiple, phrasing. Multiple prisoners, different perspectives. It also reminds me a bit of the line from the Terry Pratchett book Reaper Man, uh, in mm-hmm. which death asks um, the universal greater death for permission to make some slight changes beyond his usual remit of being death. Um, uh, to, uh, in, to quote, for the sake of prisoners and the flight of birds, mm. referring to similarly how prisoners would look out uh, their windows and see birds, uh, symbol of freedom. Right. Uh, similarly, in this line, uh, how a prisoner in their mindset can either be stuck looking at the bars or the walls of their prison and uh, you know, give in to despair, or they can stare up at the beauty of the stars and and have hope that they'll one day get out of prison. And it's doubly poignant in this case because she's getting hit by meteors. <laughs> You've got to keep your eye on the stars because they might punch you in the face. I was going to say that none of the sources we listed could possibly be hit because Araki can't read. So I also turned up this Quora question. I'm just going to let that slide. <laughs> Turn up this Quora question. Okay. Why does staring at the wall feel good? I don't know. I just want to look at the wall and not think about anything and it feels good. Man, you know what? Like, let me just let me just have a look at a wall right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I can get with this guy. Like, if you look at the wall, it starts kind of spinning a bit, you know? Janet Skrykey replies, mm-hmm. It's good to do that. I should try it. You're awfully smart. You're actually doing something mental health experts recommend. You're becoming present. In other words, collecting yourself, calming down, calming yourself down. It's a technique used by women having babies. While they're in labour, they're encouraged to focus on one point. It helps them get through the pain. No doubt all sorts of people use it from athletes to people who are anxious, etc. Wait, but if you just look at the wall, there are no points. Jolene is not doing that. She's choosing to metaphorically look at the stars. But it's all one big wall. So as he kicks her in the chin once again, she cucks his boot. (gasps) What? She says to herself, I'll do anything to get close to White Snake. I'll even drink sewage water. I'll even become the strongest. And that is the most distressing sentence of them all. So she wraps uh, big threads around his boot and he like completes his like axe kick rise to like do a completely vertical kick, uh, <laughs> clipping her jaw on the way. Uh, and his little stand head uh, on the right side of the screen is just in perfect profile in the background like, yeah! <laughs> Well, I mean, it, it looks more like he's like, oh. <laughs> uh, it's like a 1990-something CG mouth. Yes, sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that means. She's like, of course I want to look at the stars. I want to keep looking at them until I see Dad again. I'll never give mm. up hope. Here comes a meteor. Yare, yare, dawa. Mm. So what does she do, Nick? So she takes the boot, puts it behind her head, where the meteorite is coming in, and old Vivian there is like, ha ha, you're gonna fucking die. And, and she's then, like, I've got your right shoe. So as you said, she puts it behind yep. her head. But inside the boot, there's a brick. Where and when does she get the brick? Who knows? Probably from the meteorite that smashed through the stone wall, but we didn't see that happen. So that, uh, so weirdly like JRPG um, phrasing here from Westwood, where mm. he says, she took the hit, but the damage was halved. <laughs> Where you just go, wait, what numerical quantity of damage yeah. did we have before? Um, she, she gained a uh, damage type resistance against space rocks mm. through the use of earth rocks. Ah, classic. And leather. Yep. Um, and then she just kind of falls to the ground, she but the meteor... Redirects the momentum of the meteor and the boot towards Westwood. And Westwood's like, you idiot, the meteor's just going to burn up. But the boot didn't. <gasps> oh my God, the boot. My precious cuck boot. So that kicks him really hard with his own dang boot. 
and he just goes flying because a boot filled with bricks hits him square in the face. He can only take one meteor hit when Jolene took like six. He sucks. But that's because they they grazed her, taking out a mere chunk of her flesh. Just hit him dead on. Right in the face. It applied directly to the forehead. Oh, that's bad. That's bad. And then because her arm, her, because her knucks are so thoroughly cucked, Stone Free headbutts him in the center of the head in a really cool move. And he just goes and there's flying. Like flaming katakana and also the flames of the meteor. He goes flying over the railing. She's like, I won. And she, her whole stand unravels and returns into her birthmark. And she puts her, th- her thumb behind her head, uh, much in similar pose to when she used the boots to deflect the meteor. Mm-hmm. And thumbs down. I win. That's it. Uh, oh, and Vivian's like, how could a simple prisoner defeat me? A simple me? woman. Oh, I hate Women. Yeah, he does. <laughs> this is validating my defeat by me expressing I'm actually a bad person that doesn't just hate prisoners. And she loudly declares, match over. End of episode. To be continued. Game. <gasps> Jaggers. <laughs> what's the um? What's the victory phrase in Guilty Gear Strive? Um, it's not slash, is it? No, that's like the opening. Uh. All I can think is, um, Blaz Blues, the wheel of fate is turning. Rebel one. Oh God. Every one of those Arxis generator generated like things mm-hmm. where it's like the moose is loose. Get your bow a tracking. There's no sin worth fighting for. <laughs> the microphone is turning on. Mankind knew they could not. Uh, defeat the beasts? No, no. So they, they couldn't do something. So they blamed the beasts. Ah, uh, they blamed the beast. That's right. Rebel one slash <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I can't remember what the victory thing is though. No, neither. It's probably just like victory. Maybe. Who knows? Anytime Arxis makes one of those, you you got to think like how much thought went into it. We're gonna get back on Strive again sometime soon. Well, the the DLC. Sin Kiske. Mm. Kisk. Known <laughs> known son of known Christian Kai Kiske. Sin Kiske. I think it's Kisk. Kai Kisk. Yeah. Kai Kisk. But then again, Sin has like a pole. It's a flag, actually. Isn't it just a big pole? There's a flag on that pole. <gasps> There's a flag now. Always has been. <gasps> oh my god, always. Oh no. But he's always like crouching down, being like, I'm a tall guy, but I just need to come talk to you. I don't know, I've never actually, I've only seen him in gameplay in that one weird Guilty Gear game that was like an RTS. An RTS? Yeah. The fuck? What? I don't think it was very well received. No. But it's where a lot of story comes from because it had like a big whole campaign. Oh, okay. Anyway, Nick, uh, what were our highlights and lowlights for this episode? My highlight is probably gonna be... Um, there's actually so many good bits. Yeah, it's a good fight. Like, the episode is all fight, which I don't always love, but it's a solid one. Fuck, I should have thought about this before. My highlight is um, Jolene's inspired coat control manoeuvre. Coat control? Oh, yeah! Yeah, no, that's a good bit. And you think that she's one, but no. Because you're like, so often in these shows where people always wear the same clothing, like, it's just part of their character design. It's not mm. a tangible thing that the world interacts with. Yeah. Uh, like, the other main example I suppose I can think of is when just Jotaro's coat burnt up. Mmm. But other than that, it never really plays a huge mm. part into fights or anything. Uh, except, for, of course, with everything Joseph Joestar did, I suppose. Yeah. Every he's single part his of little beanie. Uh, <laughs> uh, I want to say... My highlight is going to be, uh, for some reason, I don't know why, the poem bit? Because at that moment you're like, something's going to go down. I feel like that would be more meaningful if we knew or could find the source for yeah, it. But it's just so, like, weird, you know? Like, it's just so JoJo's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to start thinking about an entirely heretofore unmentioned literary device. Which is like, that's JoJo's, baby. Lowlights. Well, I know um, what mine is. Yeah, well, I think I'll just refer back to what I was talking about earlier with the lack of background brawling. Like, mm. I think it's just it's just what I pictured when I read the manga and I would have loved to have yeah. had the anime deliver on that too, even though I know production-wise it would have been probably not worth the budget. Mm. But maybe it would have been. Mm. It's impossible to tell. <laughs> um, I mean, my lowlight, without a fucking shadow of a doubt, mm. well, if they know that she wants the bone, she must have sent, or Pale Snake must have sent assassins after Light them. Snake. Isn't it Pale Snake? What's that subtitle? Oh, yeah. White Snake would have sent assassins after them. But no, it would have been at least two. More likely three. And I'm like, Araki, you, no one <laughs> thinks like this, right? No one's going to be like, oh, no, she's in danger. There must be multiple assassins because of the bone. It's like, no, they just would have known that the, the bone, like what? Ugh, anyway, I hate it. I hate that bit. 
That entire section with Anasui and um, Foo Fighters is just so unnecessarily like, yes, we're in this. We're invested. We're making forward progress. Foo Fighters makes and calls the shots. I know. And then we get nothing to do with that the rest of the episode. It's like, okay. They're on their way. Yeah. Well, Nick, I suppose we'll find out what happens when they get there potentially next time on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stone Ocean. Part 6, in the episode entitled, and I do want to know what you think will happen in this. You would, wouldn't you? (laughs) Enter the Dragon's Dream. Oh my god, okay. Enter the Dragon's Dream. Enter the Dragon's Dream. So we still got all those uh, assassins all around there. Just general thugs and goombas. Yeah, so it's quite possible, and this is going to be strange, that the, um, the assassins are part of a small group called the Dragon something. Dragon's Dream? No, no, the Dragon's Dream is going to be the thing that one of the stand users uses on Jolene. Oh, okay. And it's going to put her into a mind prison or something. Exactly. Something like that. So then they can kill her more easily. But Jolene's going to be like, no, I need the bone. Oh, it's going to be like, you know, how, um, you know, we've had like multiple magnetism stands and things like that. It's going to be like another take on Death 13. Uh, Maybe? Dream Freddy Krueger. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something that's like, she's trapped, but she knows she's trapped. She just has to get out. I suppose they already did that with, um... <laughs> um, who was, uh, that fucking stand? The, like, the first enemy stand of this story, uh, where we thought it was the sniper guy, but they were in a dream. Oh, yeah! Sorry, I've got COVID brain. I can't pull the, uh... Um, blob, blob things guy. Um, yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah, we know what we're talking about. Yeah, we know what the fuck is up. Um, so... Something like that, maybe. But another part of me reckons that because they've all been electrified and they're all juiced <laughs> up on, on the anger juice, yep. that they're actually all just going to be fighting each other, being like, no, I'm the smarter assassin. I say we do this. And okay. then they're going to try killing After each other. After all, the stand survivor can't differentiate friend from foe. Exactly. And then bone gremlin man, yep. tiny fucking dude that he is, it's just going to be running away. <laughs> I've got the bone. And uh, Jolene is going to have to cunningly try to escape everyone attacking oh, she's her. She's going to like be chasing him while there's like this massive maelstrom of oh, yeah. gang fighting going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're going to be trying... I assume that the doors are shut. Like, and the they'll, they'll are like open, but... vaguely target her, but also be fighting amongst themselves. Or she's going to get caught in the crossfire and they'll be like, don't get in the way. Oh, sure, sure. And then she'll get caught into like this fight, which she may abruptly end. With her she threads. Like smacks their heads together. Exactly. Something like that. It's like, hey, shut up, both of you. Bam. That's what I reckon is probably going to happen. Great. Well, we'll find out then when we enter the dragon's dream next time on JoJo's World. Yay. And until then, to, to be, be continued. continued.